From the first week in the NFL, into week two of high school football, and the Frontier League Championship, it's the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platform. Music from podsummit.com slash free music. Here's your host, Lee W. Mowen. All apologies for getting this episode out late as week three of Ohio high school football starts tonight. But let's go ahead and recap week two. Got some college scores in there, NFL scores. It was the first week after all. But we'll start off with the lone Thursday night game. This one was televised on 45.2 or if you're like me, you just stream it on your phone. Springfield Shawnee defeats Tippecanoe 42-24. to And now we move on to Friday. Starting off with that classic State Route 503 battle that's not Tri-County North and Twin Valley South, but rather Preble Shawnee and Twin Valley South. And the Arrows took down the TVS Panthers 55-6. to Elsewhere, Dayton Christian defeats Tri-County North 29-12. to in the battle of big cities in their respective counties, Xenia beats Eaton 35 to 14. National Trail 2 and 0, the Blazers are, after a 19 to 12 win against the Bethel Bees. And I believe that is one of the first conference games we'll come across in this Ohio high school football season. Valley View edges out Fort Recovery 16 13. That sounds like a monstrous great game. Bellbrook shuts out Fairborn in the Battle of Greene County, 28-0. Olentangy hands Miamisburg a 37-6 loss. Fairfield edges out Springfield, 16-12. Lebanon big winners over the Loveland Tigers, 50-20 Warriors. Olentangy Liberty hands Wayne their second loss on the year, 19-10 Patriots. Alter shuts out Thurgood Marshall, 31-0. Milford edges out Dunbar, 27-26. Carroll, they win over Tecumseh, the Patriots 23, and the Arrows 13. Northmont, a big win over Pickerington North, 37-17. Milton Union takes care of Oakwood, 51-22. It's Franklin 20 and Edgewood 10. Greenville 2-0, they defeat Stebbins, 21-10. That's a Miami Valley League battle there. Anna 49, Brookville 16. Coldwater 37, Mount Healthy 7. Lakota West 30, Centerville 15, Lakota East 14, Fairmont 6, Greenview 21, Waynesville 20, that is a close game there. Graham takes care of Southeastern 41-31, in the battle of the North Directions, Northwestern shuts out Northeastern 41-0. Lima Senior 17, Piqua 14, Macomb 44, Troy Christian 16, Shamna Julien, big winners over Cincinnati Woodward, 56-8. Kenton Ridge defeats Carlisle, 34-7. Green in a big 65-6 decision over Bradford. New Bremen and the Cardinals are 2-0 after they take care of the Ansonia Tigers, 34-6. East Clinton, their first win of the year by taking down the Cedarville Indians, 37-7. Indian Lake, 47. Fairbanks, 30. Miami East, their first win of the year. They take down Lehman Catholic, 31-17. Madison Plains, 40. Frederick Towns, 7. And a classic Cincinnati battle, St. X, 21. Colerain, 14. 
LaSalle 31, Mason 0. In overtime, Elder takes care of Indianapolis Cathedral 38-31. McNicholas defeats Indian Hill 15-6. Fenwick 67, Norwood 13. Troy 35, Vandalia Butler 14. That is a Miami Valley League battle too. Bell Fountain 42, Sydney 34. Bishop Watterson hands Marion Local a loss, 31-7 Eagles over the Flyers. Northridge and the Polar Bears take care of the West Carrollton Pirates, 26-7. Roger Bacon, 41. Newport Central Catholic, 14. Wyoming shuts out Taft, 28-0. Springboro, 37. Middletown, 14. Beaver Creek, their first one of the year. They take down Ponix Tech, 40-20. Deer Park, 46 nothing winners over Clark Montessori. Riverside, 31. Mississinawa Valley, 12. Middletown Madison, 49. Reading, 7. Triad, 60. Ridgemont, 30. Upper Arlington defeats Belmont, 49-6 in a Columbus-Dayton battle. Finneytown, a shutout winner over Riverview East Academy, 34-0. Blanchester, 34. Taylor, 7. Ross, big winners over Monroe, 42-3. Dixie 2-0 on the year. They take down the Patriots of Tri-Village 19-14. Independence 56, Meadowdale 8, another Columbus-Dayton battle. Madeira 33, Claremont Northeastern 7. Marymont 43, Western Hills 40. Witten Woods shuts out West Claremont 49-0. Soon to be Eastern Cincinnati Conference foes. Witten Woods, I think, joins next year. Possibly even this year. Avon Lake. They edge out Clinton Massey in Findlay, Ohio, 24-23. Trotwood Masson wins over Canada Prep Academy, 48-6. An overtime winner for Wapakoneta, 19-13 over St. Mary's Memorial. Ketton, 48, Lima Bath, 9. Jonathan Alder, 35, Marion Harding, 21. Parkway, 21, Spencerville, 6. Fort Loramie takes care of St. Henry, 41-7. Lachlan, 20, Hillcrest, 8. Wilmington, their first one of the year. They rebound from week one's loss to Valley View by taking care of Miami Trace, 56-24. Fayetteville, 27. Jefferson Township, 6. Bethel Tate takes care of New Richmond and edges them out, 22-20. Little Miami, 41. Western Bound, 6. Hughes, 26. North College Hill, 25. Batavia, 20. Gamble Montessori, 0. Hamilton 2-0 on the year. They take care of Anderson 28-14. Even though Anderson, the Redskins, lost, I think their streak of scoring 10 or more goes on some ridiculous amount. It's like a streak that started back in the 2000s. Arcanum 43, Springfield Catholic Central 6, Cincinnati College Prep 54, Green 14, Cincy College Prep, it's 2-0 as well. An overtime affair, and East Central out of Indiana edges out Harrison 10-7. Oxford Talawanda, they're 2-0 on the year. They take care of Hamilton Baden 24-17. I believe the Baden Rams are 0-2. Trinity, that's Louisville Trinity, Kentucky 41, Moeller 0, Moeller 0-2. Princeton picks up a big win over Withrow 42-0. In the Battle of Country Day, Summit comes out on top of Cincinnati. It is Summit Country Day, 28-0. West Liberty Salem, 54. Benjamin Logan, 0. Sycamore takes care of Kings, 31-24. Walnut Hills, 48. Aiken, 6. New Miami shuts out Landmark Christian, 35-0. 
Goshen 28, Hillsboro 7, Van Wart 32, Defiance 7, Ottawa Glandorf 51, Elida 7, Turpin 41, Northwest 7. That's four straight games I just mentioned where the losing team scored 7. I don't even plan that. Versailles 48, Delphos Jefferson 0, Mechanicsburg 49, Urbana 12, Simon Kenton out of Kentucky. They win 14-10 over Oak Hills. Lexington, Kentucky, Christian 47, Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy 37, South Point 41, Miami Valley Christian 7, Lima Shawnee edges Salina 30-20, Upper Scioto Valley with a 26-20 win over Corey Ralston, Minster 35, Covington 25, Waynesfield Goshen 33, Arcadia 17, West Jefferson 55, Columbus Ready, I don't believe it's Bishop Reedy. Hopefully it is ready. If I'm wrong, yell at me at the normal address. 24. West Jefferson wins over Columbus Ready, 55-24. And in the Indiana scores, we do cover the parts that are part in the Miami Valley. Arsenal Tech hands Richmond their second straight loss, 54-7. The Red Devils lose. Knightstown, 52. Union County, 7. Hagerstown, 14. Union City, 0. Try 24. Lincoln, 6. I believe Try is now 3-0 on the year. Northeastern 27, Winchester 14, Shenandoah 20, Centerville 6. And the game that took place Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the NFL Colts. Greensburg 42, Connorsville 0. It's really cool to get to play in the biggest football stadium in Indiana. And two more Saturday affairs for you. Lima Central Catholic 40, Delphi St. John 6. And Williamsburg 28, St. Bernard Elmwood Place Eight. And now we look at college football scores. Not a good game for the Cincinnati Bearcats. They drop a 42-0 decision to Ohio State. Buckeyes play quite well in that game. Cumberland defeats Cincinnati Christian 14-6. Miami, their first win of the year. They take down Tennessee Tech at home. There's also homecoming in Oxford. 48-17. A big win for head coach Rick Chamberlain and the Dayton Flyers. They upset number 14, Indiana State, 42-35. to Wittenberg on the wrong side of the scoreboard at Washington and Jefferson, 16-8. to Olivet, 20. Wilmington, 17. Urbana, which I failed to mention last week. Sorry, Blue Knights. They pick up a big 43-14 win over West Virginia Wesleyan. Quincy, 38. Central State, 3. Thomas Moore, their first win of the year. They improved to 1-1 one one with a 38-14 decision at St. Thomas, Florida. And Wright State's club football team starts this Saturday at 2.30 against the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Come out to that game. Wright State students are free. And I think it's 5 bucks for non-Wright State students. It's not a bad deal to see quality football. And you can hear me announce at that match. So come out. And now, week one of NFL. Of course, we're talking about the Bengals. That will be one of the main topics we hit on this week. Seattle edges out Cincinnati 21-20 to and the Pacific Northwest. The L.A. Chargers take care of the Indianapolis Colts 30-24. to A big road win for the Tennessee Titans 43-13 to over the Cleveland Browns. And the New England Patriots take care of business Sunday night against Pittsburgh. 33-3. If you wonder why the Colts and the Steelers are included in there, well, around the Dayton area, we got a lot of Browns fans, Bengals fans, 
We got a nice selection of Colts fans. It's only about two, two and a half hours west. And Pittsburgh fans as well. That's not too far from here. So that's why we cover all four. There are a couple other scores that I'd like to talk about. The Wright State Volleyball Team. Well, if you remember, they were at the Xavier Invitational at the Cintas Center, home of the Musketeers Volleyball and Basketball Teams. Not only did Wright State go 3-0 and in that tournament and win the whole kit and caboodle, Wright State did not drop a set. Three sweeps. William and Mary, Akron, even though the Raiders were down, what was that mark, 14-3? to Something like that in the first set to the Zips. And the Jose Xavier Musketeers. This Raider volleyball squad is quite good, and I recommend seeing them this weekend as Wright State will host their own invitational and the action starts tomorrow. I'll be broadcasting on Friday, and I'll be PAing the early games, or the early matches, excuse me, on Saturday. And speaking of volleyball, the Dayton Flyers, not to be outdone, they have a big upset of their own. They upset number 14 Michigan at the Freerick Center in five sets. You know, the Flyers have scheduled quite the tough palette of non-conference foes. And the Flyers hang tough with pretty much all of them. So if you have a choice to go see college volleyball, you got two strong picks in Division One in Dayton, Ohio. Go see the Flyers. They're free. Or go see the Raiders. It's free if you're a Wright State student and very inexpensive if you're not. We're going to talk about the Frontier League Championship a little bit. But i like to start off this episode with Cincinnati Bengals first week. I'll be quite honest, I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't think it was going to be close at all. I thought Seattle was going to use the home field advantage to their behalf and run Cincinnati out of Washington State. It did not turn out to be anything like that. In fact, it was the Dayton Flyers women's soccer match where they lost to Indiana State 1-0 at home despite recording 29 shots at the goalie, which is a lot. Actually, that's 29 shots. I think it was like 14 shots on goal. Anyway, I was following along the score updates. I was quite impressed. Yes, a loss is a loss is a loss. You might not be in this whole moral, you know, thing. Well, it's still a loss. Yes, I'm not arguing that. But there are a few things I liked and I love about that performance, and there's a few things that I hate about it. And we'll go ahead and go into the game book. It's not stats, it's a game book. Because these stats are so detailed. It's, it's a PDF you can find on NFL.com. 16 pages worth. That's a lot. Individually, the Bengals were led by Andy Dalton, who went 35 of 51 with two touchdowns, a quarterback ranking of 106.5. That's pretty good. And like I mentioned, two touchdowns for 418 yards. That is a career high for Andy Dalton in the NFL. On the other side, Russell Wilson, 14 of 20, 195 yards, two touchdowns. His ranking was 134.4. And I'll explain why the differences in a minute. One thing I did not like about the Bengals' performance, the running game. 
between the combination of Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, and Tyler Boyd. The Bengals ran it 14 times for 34 yards and zero touchdowns. Your best average carry per, or yards per carry, excuse me, is three by Bernard and Boyd, even though Boyd ran it once. Mixon's yards per carry average is 1.7. Bernard outcarried Mixon 7 to 6. Bernard 21 yards on 7 attempts. Mixon 10 yards on 6 attempts. That's not getting it done on the turf. You have a very solid running core of Mixon and Bernard. They can get stuff done. I don't like the fact that the Bengals only got 34 yards. However, if you look at Seattle's side of things, their defense is pretty good at stopping that. So I'll let that slide. You know, with the 49ers coming in, we'll see how the Bengals bounce back from that. And plus, Cincinnati, believe, will be home. I have to double check that. Something else I didn't like. The Cincinnati Bengals fumbled the ball four times and lost three of those four fumbles. That's not good. Now, one of the two Andy Dalton fumbles you might already know are under intense scrutinization, if that's a word, from the fans saying, how is that a fumble? It should be an incomplete pass because Dalton threw it forward. I agree on that. I don't know why that's a rule of fumble, but still three fumbles lost, four total fumbles. Two from Dalton, one from Bernard, but Bernard's was the only one he didn't lose. One from Erickson, I believe that's on special teams, and that's your lot. For Seattle, just one fumble. It was by their running back Carson. I believe Chris Carson's his name. So yeah, the Bengals did not take care of the ball, even with one of those fumbles being exceptionally questionable. We'll look at the pass receiving. Otherwise knows what the wide receivers did. For the Bengals, 418 yards all off the arm of Dalton. Getting most of that work, John Ross the third. It's about time. You know, when the Bengals drafted Ross, there's people on the fence. I really liked his potential for being how quick he can become. Seven catches out of 12 targets, 158 yards, two touchdowns. That's that's a day. Have yourself a day. And hopefully we see more of that from Ross. And I say that because I feel like with this new coaching staff, maybe a little more confidence is in the works saying, hey, you know how you can play. Go play. And I, I really think that might be a turning point for the wide receiver, especially with A.J. Green still being sidelined. There's good news on that from one of the notifications I get from the score. Green is out of his walking boot, but don't think he's coming back for week two. It's still a couple weeks before Green will try to get back on the field. Your other stats, you have eight catches. That's the most from the Bengals in the loss to Seattle for 60 yards by Tyler Boyd. Tyler Eifert, 27 yards on five catches. Yuzuma with 66 yards on four catches. Erickson, 28 yards on four catches. Willis, 30 yards on three catches. Bernard, 42 yards on two catches. And Mixon, seven yards on two catches. Again, 
418 yards, and the average between those receivers, about 11.9 yards per catch. That's not bad. The longest one's a 55-yard bomb from Dalton to Ross. I believe that was one of the two touchdowns scored by Cincinnati. 35 of 48 in terms of the pass receiving for the Bengals. And we look at Seattle, just five. They're led by DK Metcalf, 89 yards, no touchdowns on four catches. Carson, six catches, 34 yards, one touchdown. Vanette, two catches, 16 yards, one catch by Lockett, 44 yards, and a touchdown. And Disley, one catch, 12 yards. 195 yards from Russell Wilson. If you're wondering why that's so much different from Andy Dalton's 418. Well, remember, Russell Wilson is the type of quarterback that he can throw it, but he can also run. And Russell Wilson had eight yards on four carries, which for a quarterback, you know, you're not going to get like a hundred and billion yards. I think I said a hundred billion yards. That'd be impressive. <laughs> How do you get 100 billion yards? You get what I'm saying. He's not going to have running back totals, but he'll get the job done. Most of those are probably quarterback sneaks. In fact, his longest carry, Russell Wilson's, was five yards. No interceptions in that entire game. The fumbles already talked about. Kickoff returns, not really much to talk about. Actually, the Bengals had four touchbacks against them when they were receiving. I mentioned the fumbles. Big no-no. The penalties as well. The Bengals got three first downs via penalty. Trying to find where that is on here in the game book. Again, it's a PDF that's 16 pages. The Bengals were penalized seven times for 57 yards. The Seahawks eight times 55 yards. So it's about even there. That's that's not bad. The Bengals went two for two. Randy Bullock made both his extra points. Field goals, the Bengals went two of three. No of no for Seattle. Hmm. Then again, I thought uh, Hoshka was still in Seattle, but then it's like, oh yeah, he's no longer there. I think he's in Buffalo. The Bengals had the ball 35 minutes, 50 seconds. And the Seahawks, 24 minutes, 10 seconds. The Bengals went 0 for 3 on red zone efficiency. That's when you're within the 20-yard line and you're about to score. That's not a great number. Goal-to-go efficiency. Someone's going to have to tell me what that is. But the Bengals went 0 for 1. 21-20 Seattle. So, yeah, there's silver linings in that loss. There's also... Some things that need to be worked on before San Fran comes into town. But first game under new regimen, Zach Taylor, it needed to happen a long time ago. But I am quite positive on the direction the Bengals are heading. Look at week two just to make sure that the Bengals are at home. And yes, it is. It's on Fox this week. At 1 p.m., Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. San Francisco 1-0, Bengals 0-1. Look at the game details real quick, because this should be a pretty good game. I mean, the 49ers, even though they won, I think they had a lot of offensive uh, meltdowns in the first part. I know I have a 
Brieta, I believe that's his name. He didn't do so well for me in the flex. And my fantasy football conquest to defend my title because that goes straight on my resume. Last time these two teams met in the regular season, the Bengals won in 2015-24-14. Hard to believe that's, what, five seasons ago now? Four seasons ago? Crazy. I mentioned the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers lost. There is one more team in the AFC North, and that would be the Baltimore Ravens. And my God, did Baltimore have themselves a day. They won against Miami 59-10. to And shortly after that game ended, a lot of the Dolphins were asking to be traded. So, yeah, but I'm still kind of cautious with New England heading there. Uh, mainly because of the fact there's always that year where New England struggles in Florida. I don't know what it is, but there you go. So yeah, fairly satisfied, even though it's a loss. I think the Bengals will work on it, and I expect to see a good game in Cincinnati. So that's your first week of the NFL. Hard to believe. Hard to believe it's already gone by. We'll take a break right here. Come back with the Frontier League Championship. The Florence Freedom are playing for the whole kit and caboodle. That's the second time I used that this podcast episode. What is wrong with me? And we'll also talk about an event you should attend this weekend in Montgomery County, Ohio, U.S. of A. This is the Jam on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And we'll be back right after this. Hi, everybody. I hope you enjoy the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Did you know you can get paid just for listening to this podcast? I just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen on the app. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards for Amazon, Starbucks, and more locations... Or you can even take the pod coin and donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Here's what you do. You download the app right now for free in the App Store or on Google Play. And simply use my code CINCYSPORT with two eyes, And you'll get 300 pod coins just for signing up. So go ahead. Listen to this podcast or any podcast on PodCoin. And sign up with the code CINCYSPORT with two eyes. It's changing the way people listen to podcasts. Podcoin. Hey folks, this is Lee W. Mallon of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. I'm here to talk to you about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain why. Anchor is 100% free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place, and all for free. I love hosting on Anchor. It's been super easy to upload episodes, and when I had a problem with something, their tech support got it fixed very quickly. Download the free Anchor app on Google Play or in the App Store, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, the easiest way on making a podcast. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday sports podcast? Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise 
made by Tee Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday sports gear by Tee Public. Welcome back, sports fans, and do I have the event for you. At the new Montgomery County Fairgrounds, it's the Miami Valley Sports Festival, happening September 13th through the 15th at 645 Infirmary Road, Dayton, Ohio. That is where the new fairgrounds are. Don't go the old one. That's now empty. It's hosted by Empower Gym. believe they're up in Vandalia. They're good folks, and their Instagram is quite busy showcasing what they all do up there. I was hoping to get an interview, but I never sent the email, so I definitely dropped the ball on this episode. Sorry. Anyway, are you ready to experience Dayton's largest athletic event taking place September 13th through the 15th at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds and Events Center? The Miami Valley Sports Festival is a celebration of athletics, health, and wellness. Athletic events being represented include boxing, taekwondo, karate, wrestling, strongman, kung fu, jiu-jitsu, powerlifting, double deadlift, arm wrestling, 5K, youth best of Dayton athletic competition, and so much more. In addition, on Saturday night, Poser Pro Wrestling will have a special appearance with the Gem City Roller Derby. The Pink Ribbon Girls and the Pink Heidelberg Beer Truck will be joining at the Miami Valley Sports Festival, as well as Zombie Dogs Food Truck, which I didn't think Zombie Dogs had a food truck anymore. I thought they focused on the restaurant on Brown Street. As well as over 50 vendor booths and so much more. Your prices are this... For general admission, both days, Saturday and Sunday, it's 10 bucks. Your main events, the boxing exhibition on Friday is 20 bucks. The pro wrestling and Gem City Roller Girls event on Saturday is 20 bucks. Or, if you want the super pass, it's 30 bucks and gets you to everything all weekend long. That is a great deal. Because if you just buy general admission, that's 10. If you want to go to both events, it's 50 bucks right there. 30 bucks, you save 20. That's very nice. You can purchase them online at MiamiValleySportsFestival.com or at the door. It's something that I'm really, really interested in. I really like this type of thing. I mean, sports, I mentioned what's all happening there. It'll start tomorrow at 8 a.m. Well, actually, if you're a vendor, it'll start for you tomorrow at 8 a.m. But fight night will be... Doors opening at 6, and the actual fight starting at 7 p.m. It's something that I'm always interested in, but normally I can't go because I have another event going on. But Fight Nights, uh, Dayton Historical Society, hold them in the classic Memorial Hall downtown, and I know this will not disappoint. You know, boxing was once considered the sweet science back in time. Now, of course, boxing isn't as... I don't want to say relatively received as well, because that's not the case, but the audience, you know, has dwindled down so much. But I definitely recommend showing up. Uh, Saturday, the doors open to the general public at 8 a.m., and the 5K begins then. And also you have powerlifting starting there. Olympic Taekwondo, Kung Fu, and the Strongman competition are at 10 Saturday. And then CrossFit at 11. And at noon, you have the All-Valley Open, the MVTA. 
and then arm wrestling competitions. You got CrossFit at 2, and most of your festival day activities end at 4. And then 6 o'clock, you'll have the doors open for the main event with professional wrestling and the Gem City Roller Derby Girls. Remember, they got into the first WTFTA playoffs in their existence this year. So, very, very cool. And in fact, the recreational season is not too far along now. And that's happening at South Metro Sports, which I was quite surprised on and pretty pumped about because, as you know, I broadcast hockey at SMS. They'll be at the volleyball courts because it's flat surface and all you really need is just things to tell you where a lane is and everything like that. So I'm pretty pumped on that. On Sunday, the athletes can check in at 8. Doors open to the general public then too. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I vaguely know what Jiu-Jitsu is. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I have no idea what the difference is. You got double deadlift at 9 with Power X. 12 o'clock Sunday will be the Best of Dayton Youth Athletic Competition. And everything stops at 4. So, jam-packed schedule there. If you'd like to register, again, MiamiValleySportsFestival.com. I mentioned it's at the new Montgomery County Fairgrounds compared to the old ones. You know the whole spiel where they thought about moving to Brookville, which would have been nice in terms of agricultural because that's where most of the farms are in Montgomery County, that side of the county. But it turns out Infirmary and Dayton Liberty Road has enough space for it. I never would have thought that being a place for it, but apparently it works quite well and the facilities are nice. So definitely go to 645 Infirmary Road, which is right off US 35. You're heading west towards New Lebanon, West Alexandria, and Preble County. And definitely don't go to the old fairgrounds, because like I said, they're already working on it, and I think they flattened a lot of the ground out there. So there you go. You can register online. You can get your tickets there. It also shows you where hotels are in case you're coming from out of the area. Actually, thinking about that, that's probably one of the main drawbacks of the fairgrounds being on infirmary, because a lot of your hotels are in downtown Dayton, not in the west end of town. But there you go. And the first two actually are NC Moses Boulevard. That's right by UD Arena. You got Miller Lane, which that's a little bit of a hike, but not bad area, Miller Lane. And you can talk to them as well. They were on ESPN 1410 for a couple minutes on Monday. And like I said, I dropped the ball on that and I apologize. But definitely, it's something I want you to check out. And again, if you want to catch the whole King Caboodle, it's 30 bucks. If you just want to come in for general admission, it's 10 bucks for both days, Saturday and Sunday. If you want to see the main events, boxing on Friday and pro wrestling and the roller girls on Saturday, it's 20 bucks each. Not 20 bucks, you get both events. It's 20 bucks for each event. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the reports on social media. They have a Facebook page, actually a Facebook event. So I'm loading it up now, which means it's going to take 10 minutes because Facebook doesn't like my laptop for some reason. Again, it goes over everything. Empower Gym LLC is your host. A big line of sponsors, which is really, really cool. 
And I wish I could make it, because, again, that sounds really cool, except I would be ran out of the building if I tried any of those events. Just getting groceries up on five... Uh, five flights up and down the stairs. That's, that's, that was tedious, and that's enough exercise. And that's enough of me. Long list of sponsors... And I definitely think you will have a great time at it. Again, 645 Infirmary Road, Dayton, Ohio, this Friday until Sunday. So come on out and enjoy yourself and enjoy the wonderful world of sport. And next up, the Frontier League Championship, Independent Ball. And it is the Florence Freedom. They had their way with the Lake Erie Crushers, I believe won all three games. And now taking on the River City Rascals. The team that has a logo that kind of looks like the target dog, ready to swing a bat, because dogs can definitely do that. Like the name, and I'm still sad at the fact that River City is going away after this year. In case you're wondering, River City, where is that? That would be O'Fallon, Missouri, St. Louis area. Anyway, it's a series tied up at one. Florence won last night. After River City took the first game. These box scores low. And that's not even a box score. A rumph. If you give me a minute, I can tell you that the playoffs, because it dropped me to summer 2014 for some reason. 6-4 Florence. After River City won on Tuesday 5-2. Pulling up. The series goes to Carshield Field. That's River City's home field. Six runs, 11 hits, no errors for the Freedom. Four runs, 11 hits, one error for River City. In a game that took three hours, five minutes. Scott Sebald took the win. Taylor Ahern took the loss for River City. Carl Craigie got the save for the Freedom. 1,347 made it out to UC Health. 90 degrees, fair conditions, hotter than anything out there. Looking through the offensive box score. Leading the way was third baseman Martinez, two for five. Two for four for leadoff batter and second baseman Penner. Eleven strikeouts recorded by River City's... Oh, that's River City's. <laughs> oh, boy, that was bad. Eleven strikeouts recorded by Florence Pitching, seven by River City's. Leading the way for the Freedom, four for five night for third baseman Lopes. With one RBI. Two RBIs and 0 for 3 night for left fielder Bernard. One for two with one RBI and a walk for catcher Rinsky. Three for four with an RBI by Puke. And one for two with an RBI by shortstop Robrock. I can't believe I made that mistake. That is bad. I mentioned Sabal got the win. One earned run in six innings. Two walks, nine Ks. That is what we call in the trade pretty good. Uh, Cheek came in for an inning, gave up two runs on three hits, and Craigie got the save with two innings, one earned run, two hits, two strikeouts. Ahern went two and a third, gave up five earned runs, six total on six hits, one walk, two strikeouts. And the rest of the Rascal pitching staff didn't give up a run. It was all the starting pitcher Ahern, where River City used five pitchers, Florence used three including the starter and closer. So the series moves on to O'Fallon, Missouri. It's a best-of-five series, like I mentioned. And locally, 
It starts at 6.35, I believe. And all three of them do. The last game would be Game 5. Should that be necessary, will be Monday, September 16, 6.35. So if you've never seen a Florence Freedom game, you might have a chance to see the Freedom lift a trophy. Or River City, depending how that game goes. However, if one team goes 2-0 and at Car Shield Field, that would be the championship. And that'd be the last games at Car Shield Field for the River City Rascals, no matter how that happens. It's always cool to see a local team in the playoffs, and that's what makes me excited. Because, as you know, the Dragons didn't make the playoffs, and the Reds are not going to make the playoffs. They have lost the series at Seattle, despite being 25 games under 500. Marty and the Cowboy were right. There's no excuse for the Reds to lose to Seattle, but historically, Cincinnati can't get past Seattle. I don't know what it is. The Mariners could be 0-158, and the Reds would still lose to them. I think it's like 15-2 Seattle in that series now. Something ridiculous. 10-10 tonight, in case you want to talk about the Reds game. 12-under-500 Cincinnati. Tyler Malley goes against Dunn of Seattle. And the Reds are now three up on last place Pittsburgh. Meaning the Pirates have closed down that gap, but the Reds have slid pretty far down. By the way, St. Louis still in first place. The Cubs and the Brewers are now four back, and they now have a tie for a wildcard spot. How wonderful is that? The answer, if you're a Reds fan, is not very. Because, uh... Yeah, Reds have really slid last month. 10-10 tonight, so if you have a late night, listen to the Reds game. Or you can wait until tomorrow to hear Florence at River City. Like I mentioned, Aaron Brody does a nice job with the Freedom. And also River City has a web feed as well. It's a best of five, meaning if a team goes 2-0 at Car Shield Field, means the championship is over. And then River City win or lose the championship are done. Hopefully there will be something to tide over the Rascal fans next year. And it's sad because the Rascals were a fairly old team. How old? Uh, that's a good question. Find out real quick. And to close out episode 114. Yeah, I tried to not make this episode one hour 30 minutes. Why do you want to fight or something? What league is the River City Rascals? Answer, their own league, because it's a team. From the 1999 season. So yeah, 20 seasons. It's very nice. Actually, 1993. All oh, the Rascals have played at Car Shield Field from 99 on. Okay. 1993. Two championships for the Rascals back in 93 and 2000. And they were once known as the Zanesville Grays, not to be confused with the Frontier Grays a couple years back where it was strictly a road team. So Zanesville won a championship as the Grays, River City won one as the Rascals. So yeah, technically, no. I guess I'd be wrong. There is a gap between 96 and 99 on there, but there you go. I still like the name Rascals. I do like their logo. I just don't like the fact they are closing up shop after this championship series. If Florence wasn't in the championship, I would probably root for River City. Just because of the fact that, hey, they're not coming back, you know? 
It's like the Indiana Ice, the USHL team. If you remember them years back before the Indy Fuel were a thing. Once uh, it was announced they weren't coming back, they won the championship. I think they won like 41-16 and 16 or something like that. It's crazy. They played most of the games at the Carl Seam, I think. They also played some at Conseco slash Bankers Life Fieldhouse, which is really cool. Anyway, we'll wrap up this episode, stop rambling, with how to catch local high school football in week three. Echo, echo, echo. Like I mentioned, I wanted to do this episode yesterday, but I didn't get time to do it. I apologize. So tonight, if you're wanting to catch Piqua at Stebbins, you got a couple options. If you like watching football with your eyes, as opposed to someone else's eyes, you can watch it at mytvdayton.com slash live. It's for free or on TV at WRGTDT2, my45.2, if you don't like letters. On radio, it's on WPTWAM 1570 or 98.1 FM in the area. If you're not in the area, 981WPTW.com has a live feed. And I think Kevin O'Boyle might have the call, our good friend Kevin. And we'll talk about tomorrow games. Tomorrow's games, not the game of tomorrow. Is that even a game? Who knows? Anyway, New Bremen at Anna. If you want to watch that game, well, you got a tape delay by NK Telco at 11 p.m. You can't see it live unless you actually go out to the home of the Anna Rockets. Spencerville at Lima Central Catholic. Well, there's a tape delay on WTLWDT, channel 44.1 in the area. Or if you like listening things live, it's zsports3.com or WEGEFM 104.9 in the area. Online, you can get it at 1049theeagle.com. It's also on 93.1 The Fan, WWSR. That's Lima's The Ticket, 931thefan.com. Minster at Fort Recovery, 11 p.m., another tape delay. This time by the folks at WOSN slash WTLWDT2. That's 44.2. It's a tape delay. It also has a live link, WOSNTV.com. Or WOSN.TV slash live, but I'm not 100% sure if that's live or not. It says tape delay. And this is brought to you by Yappy.com, where they have a nice, lovely feed, a nice, lovely thread of feeds to watch or listen to games. They do a nice job on that, so I do appreciate that. Wapakoneta at Van Vert. Well, at 7 o'clock, you got WZRXFM 107.5. WZRXFM.iHeart.com WERTAM1220 or 104.38 FM WERT1220.com or on UBRnetworks.com I believe ERT is Van Wert Station. Lima Shawnee at Defiance. It is on 1280 AM WON or WON w1280 at ir.com ada at upper Sioda valley that's on onu's station i believe wonb fm 94.9 or online onu.edu slash wonb bell fountain at urbana it is on peak of ohio.com it's also on wbll 1390 am or 106.9 fm and w297 bpfm 107.3 
St. Mary's Memorial at Ottawa Glandorf. That is Michael Hearn with the call on WKKI 94.3 FM or K943.com. It's also on WBUKFM 106.3 or on 1063thefox.com. Marion Local at Parkway, that's WCSMRadio.com. Belmont at Sydney at ScoresBroadcast.com. Ponix Tech at Dayton Christian is on GemCitySports.com. Covington hosting Twin Valley South, that's Bucks Football. Again, B-U-C-C-S, two C's, Football.com. Minster at Fort Recovery, you have WCSM 96.7 FM there, or WCSMRadio.com. It's also on FortRecoveryRadio.com. Kenton at Salina, you got a couple options. It is on the online feed of K943.com. It is also on WCSM AM 1350. You can also get it online, WCSMRadio.com. Versailles at Coldwater. Oop, going back on that, uh, WKNKTN FM 95.3 has Kenton at Salina as well. So, three options there. Now, Versailles at Coldwater, you can listen to it at 97. Point five FM WTGR or online WTGR.com. St. Henry at Devil St. John. It will be on WDOH FM 107.1 or fun1071.fm. And Sonia and Mississinawa Valley. That's the online feed at WTGR.com. The internet stream there. Belfry at Alter. You can listen to that on OhioSportsLine.net. Belfry is a school in Kentucky that has won state championship six years. That's quite impressive. Quite a challenge for the Alter Knights. Fairmont at Northmont. You got it on 1610.info or 1610-1660am. Wayne at Trotwood Madison. There's a couple options there. The folks that cover the Wayne Warriors, WSWO, they'll be there, 97.3 FM. Or DaytonOldies.com. It is also the G-Walk Game of the Week for Wing AM, 1410 AM. WingAM.com if you like to listen in. Hillsboro at East Clinton. That's WSRWAM 1590 or 101.5 FM. WSRW.com has it. Xenia at Franklin. SindaySports.com. They're the voice of the Franklin Wildcats and also the Fairfield Indians. Although I haven't seen anything linking Sunday Sports to Fairfield, but they they do Franklin, and they did Fairfield, promise. Edgewood at Baden. That's at Failford High School if you want to see it with your own eyes, but if you can't make it, it's WMOHAM 1450 or WMOH.com. ESP Media's got Loveland at Milford and Princeton at Sycamore. Just go to livestream.com slash ESP Media. West Claremont at Lebanon. I actually checked the link once because it's hard to say a link that has a bunch of numbers and the NID. It is Channel 6 in the Lebanon, Ohio area, if you get the uh, cable channel. It's also LebanonOhio.gov. You can watch it from there, which is really cool. West Claremont will be at Lebanon. Lebanon soon to be in ECC foe as well. Upper Arlington at Winton Woods. That's GBSNRadio.com. I believe they do a lot of Columbus stuff. USBNSports.com has Anderson at Harrison, Lakota East at Mason. You can listen to that on Mason Comments Sports Radio, Mixler.com slash Mason, hyphen comments, hyphen sports, hyphen radio. Don't spell the hyphens out, please. That would be a long URL. LaSalle is hosting Mansfield. And if you think that's Ohio, you would be wrong because apparently this team's from Massachusetts. 
Mansfield, Massachusetts. What a trip. That is WCVX AM 1160. That's ChristianTalk1160.com. And it's also on LaSalleFB.org slash WLSN hyphen listen watch hyphen games. You can watch it online there. Oak Hills at Coleraine. You can watch it on OakHillsSports.com. I say watch. It might just be listen only. I couldn't find the uh, listing that had WeAreColeraine.net. They're the voice of the Cardinals, so I assume they're doing it, but maybe they're not. I don't know. Lafayette, Kentucky at Moeller. That's Let'sGoBigMo.com. Clearwater Academy International at Cincinnati Elder. Why did I not get rid of Cincinnati? Most people listening to this probably know Elder is in Cincinnati, and they're not affiliated with Elder Beerman, which used to be a department store. Although, maybe they were. I don't know. Anyway, a couple options here. EHSports.com online, or also SacredHeartRadio.com. And also WNOPAM 740 or 89.5 FM. And also WHSSFM 89.5, which I guess that would be a double listing. Unless it's 89.5 in certain areas. I don't know. St. X at Penn, Indiana. Not being confused with Indiana University in Pennsylvania. Or IUP. That's WSAI. 1360 AM, foxsports1360.iheart.com, Bethel Tate at Scott County, Kentucky, mixler.com slash nrlions, and for Saturday games, Graham at Layman Catholic. Apparently that's 6 p.m. Monday. I hope that's the tape delay. From NK Telco, Lima Perry at Delphos Jefferson. You got a tape delay from the folks at WOSN, that's 44.2 in the area. If you don't want to wait until then, UBRnetworks.com's got it, or WDO 107.1 has it, fun1071.fm. And that's all I can find this week on the Yappy string. I do apologize if there's any outlets that I've missed. Again, it's not intentional if I miss them, it's just I didn't find them. And there you have it. That's episode 114 in the books, and it's still close to an hour in length. I am trying to have shorter episodes, promise. It's just, you know, there's a lot to talk about. What's up next for this broadcaster? Well, this weekend I'm reaching 1,100 broadcasts. 1,100. That's a lot. I might have two broadcasts tomorrow, and I'll reach it for the Wright State Volleyball game. I might just have one, and I'll have a soccer match Sunday night. But yeah, 1,100 broadcasts. I'm a little shocked that I reached that mark as well. But lo and behold, there I am. Come out to Wright State. That's where I'm at all weekend. I have both volleyball matches Friday, the first two on Saturday. And a football game at 2.30. And then Sunday I'll be at the soccer match broadcasting. So, hope to see you there. And that will wrap up this episode of the Local Sunday Sports Podcast. I want to thank the folks at Press Pros Magazine and ScoreStream and also TriStateFootball.com for, well, ScoreStream with their wonderful app. I love it. And also both those sites for having football scores. I don't give them credit enough, but that's where they are. Then I tweet them. I don't take credit for that. Well, tweeting I do. 
Except this week I had two typos, and I'm not happy about that, but my fingers are fat, and the phone isn't as big as my old Note 4. So there you go. Until episode 115, enjoy the sports. for listening to another episode of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Closing theme is Leveled Up by Bad Snacks from YouTube via royalty-free music, no copyright music group. Visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, CastBox, Anchor, and more. Follow along on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown and at the Lee W. Mowen and on Facebook by liking the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast page and become a member of the Facebook group, fans of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Lee W. Mowen saying goodbye and please join us again for another new episode of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.